Marketing. From the American College of Financial Services, it's time for NextGen in 10. I'm Ross Riskin, chair of the NextGen Advisory Task Force, and for the next 10 minutes, you'll be joined by our hosts and guests discussing topics relevant to up-and-coming financial advisors. Hey there, it's Alana Phillips, and I am here today with Ashley Murphy, founder and principal of Arate Wealth Strategists and the president of the Global Financial Planning Institute. Thanks for hanging out with me today, Ashley. So good to be back with you, Alana. Let's do it. I love it. I know we've got a great topic to continue our conversation of your overseas practice, which is such a unique thing within our industry to expose our listeners to, but you have a really unique niche market that you work with, right? So you specialize, I'm not going to give away the punchline here and working with a specific group of people. Tell us, you know, who you work with and how did you establish that niche group of clients? Absolutely. So Arate Wealth Stratus Australia is the name of my firm. We work with Americans in Australia and Australians in America. How did I establish it? Well, I think it chose me. It was the other way around. So I'm a tri-citizen born in the UK to an Australian father, American mother, grew up in Australia. I'm the youngest of four. My, my two oldest brothers moved to the US in the mid 90s. I moved in, in the late 90s and then moved back permanently in 2005. And so the issues and complexities of cross-border planning have kind of always been with me. And so when I moved to the US you know, for good back in 2005, I thought surely there's got to be some sort of organization or resource or book or website or something to address the issues of these expats. Turns out there wasn't. And so that planted the seed that there's an opportunity here. I assume that having such a beautiful accent helps, you know, in terms of this niche market as well. You're very charming, Alana. Uh, I think it's it's a credibility builder, that's for sure. You know, it goes back to some things we were saying in the our last conversation, and that is it communicates subtly that you clearly must understand culturally, you know, what, what these different countries are facing. So I think it, it would be very difficult. You know, if I had an unrelated accent, neither Australian nor American, I think it would add some sort of credibility challenge, you know. No, I get it. I'm being a little facetious, obviously, but I do think, right, there are those little signals that we send out you as an advisor to your clients of, you know, why they should trust you and, and why you understand them. So have you found that this market is a place that is lucrative, it's productive work? You know, what have you seen that has made it a market that then you've, you've really gone full force into working with? I've seen actually an, more of an opportunity. That's the, the first thing. And the, the opportunity comes about mostly because of compliance. You know, the broker dealers are not very open to working with international and cross-border clients uh, and maybe increasingly becoming uh, less open. You know, it was just late last year, Raymond James apparently sent their, their letters out to all the, the advisors that had Australian clients and said, well, you're not working with them anymore. And that's come about, I know why that's come about because of FATCA and, and so forth, but it's complicated. So the, the other trouble is operationally, where do you even find out where the custodians are or who the custodians are that will serve these clients? Because there's no list. You don't just log on to some website somewhere that says, oh, you're in America, clients in Australia. Okay, here are the custodians that will work with. No, I mean, there's this overlapping group of custodians where say Fidelity might be okay with a client in Japan, but not in Australia. Schwab might be okay with Australia, but not South Korea. I have no idea why different custodians have different opinions other than 
compliance attorneys are human beings and each business is different and they have a, a different concentration of clients in a certain country and they'll make a business decision. They'll say, yep, it's going to be worth our while to invest in XYZ country and be compliant there. And that's essentially how I think it's it's happened. That's so interesting. Yeah, I, I would imagine those complexities, they create a lot of challenges there. So as you think about folks that maybe want to get into this, and I think there is some disillusionment, right, with what you said of this broker dealers or firms becoming increasingly less open, right, that advisors are looking for new ways of doing business. You've clearly broken into this. So how do you get in front of these folks as clients? What are some of the differences between what you talk to them about versus, you know, traditional retirement plan? client in America. How do you get in front of them? That's, that's challenging. Really boils down to two different ways, but there's a dynamic in place that I wanted to address to do with the second one, and that is advisory referrals. The, the fact of the matter is, and I can say this as much as anyone can say it, and that is that most advisors, we, we are not yet there as a profession. That's just a, that's just a fact. And, and here's the thing, and I've been there as well, so I don't say it with judgment, but most advisors are, are struggling to build their businesses. And if they encounter, which practically most, I'm going to say a majority of advisors out there are going to have one client or, or more that do have some of these cross-border issues and complications by virtue of, let's say, an American one spouse is married to a foreigner and an inheritance comes through right there. You have an international issue right there. Most advisors are simply going to try and bluff their way through it. They're going to be, if I don't get busted by compliance and if I can do some research and hopefully get to the bottom of this, hey, no, there's, there's no problem here. And I see that all of the time. And it's funny, the reason I know I see it all the time is because I'll get an advisory referral where the advisor says, I've actually been working with this client for years. <laughs> and it's only because my broker dealer has suddenly said that I can't work with them. And it makes me scratch my head. And I'm like, what have you been doing for all these years? You know, have you, have you even inquired about the compliance situation? Do you know about these issues with passive foreign investment corporation rules and regs? I, I won't go down that rabbit hole, but there's an, there's an awful lot. So how do I get the word out? Really, it's professional services marketing, which isn't all that different to what we're, what we're all doing. It is different in that it's so specialized that if you hit the particular keywords, the clients will find you. You know, the Facebook groups, the, the other expat groups, they will say, I am looking for a financial advisor who knows about Australian superannuation. And it's like, great, that's perfect because that's what, what I'll help them with. The other would be that small sliver of, I'd say the 10% of advisors who truly are professionals that have an attitude of plenty and say, you know what, this, is, this client is outside of my area of expertise and I'm going to refer them on because I, I really wouldn't want to do them a disservice. Oh, gosh. Yeah. The advisors that are self-aware enough to do that, Ashley, I, I imagine are few and far between. All right. We'll be back right after this break. Deliver financial planning for every person and every need through our Chartered Financial Consultant Education Program. Find the tools and skills you need at theamericancollege.edu slash chfc. Get best-in-class preparation for your exam with our CFP Certification Education Program. Start your journey toward this valued designation at theamericancollege.edu CFP. And let's get back to where we left off. 
It sounds like what you're saying though is, you know, advisors that maybe have traditional designations, a CFP or other training within this industry, it really isn't going to cut it in this particular niche marketplace. Like what, what education, what information do you need to have going into these planning conversations? In the CFP curriculum, I think there's one mention, there's even a, a kind of a reference to it. And that's on the estate planning side, when they talk about what the, the limits are, if you've got a, uh, a non-citizen spouse or you have two green card holder spouses, how that works. That's the only reference to it. And it's funny because they're indicating that this is common enough that we should teach it in the CFP, that everyone should know it. And yet they don't talk about any other issues that relate to, to expats. So certainly the, the CFP, the SEMA, the PFS, you know, any number of these comprehensive financial planning designations are, are a necessity. But it was seeing that there was an absence of education that prompted me and my co-founder, Matt Gorin, to launch the, the Global Financial Planning Institute. And that's exactly what we take on are those issues. You know, so we're talking about what are the definitions of residency? Turns out there's legal residency, tax residency, and estate tax residency. And they all have different definitions. There are different treaties. There's tax totalization and estate tax treaties. There's rules and regs that you know, as, as they say in the medical world, as the doctors swear the Hippocratic Oath to first do no harm. Financial advisors don't have that. Uh, and they should because the rules and regs around passive foreign investment corporations could mean you could cause gigantic harm to your clients without even knowing it. But it goes back to what I was saying before. Most are just going to flub their way through, hopefully not step on a landmine. And yet this is an area full of landmines. So the GFP, the global financial planning designation is really what I would suggest. It is self-serving of me to say that, but honestly, it's it was years in the making. I looked for something myself to, to be a participant in and there was simply nothing. And so it dawned upon me that this was something that I just had to get going. Yeah, that's awesome. And thank you. And I think it's okay. We want to obviously be promoting where folks can get information about this. And if the GFP, right, is the, the place and the answer to that, I think that's great. So Ashley, I'm going to kind of lead the witness here a little bit because I know some of these numbers, but it's funny to me when you say, right, there's only one reference in the CFP. So obviously this is a very small group of individuals that we're talking about, right? Expats or, or you know, the folks that you're serving is that accurate <laughs> that's the thing that's just that's why there's such an opportunity here is when you consider that there's 30 million individuals in the u.s here legally there's another 9 million americans abroad and on top of that this is an evergreen market where you've got hundreds of thousands of other so-called non-immigrant visa holders coming through working for a couple of years building wealth heading back off and needing specialist financial advice my theory is that it, the, the barriers to entry to understanding this stuff is just so high, no one had done it previously. It's as simple as that. It's just where on earth do you get this information? Some of it is in the Internal Revenue Code. A lot of it isn't. In fact, most of it isn't. A lot of it's private letter rulings, both in the US and in the foreign country. And then the most difficult of all is the tacit knowledge like simply collecting, you know, the group of elders, if you will, of other cross-border advisors and asking what their experiences have been. And that's, that's what we've been able to do is bring together these sorts of forums and say, so what have been your issues in working with this custodian in this country? Or, you know, have you noticed that 
this custodian has closed accounts here, there, or how do you invest for, for clients abroad? Because there's simply, like I've said a few times, there's no textbook, there's no resource where anyone is ever talking about those things. And, and for a variety of reasons, mostly, again, I feel confident saying, mostly because the advisors that have spent the tens of thousands of dollars and hours developing this expertise have got precisely no incentive to train their, what they perceive to be their future competitors. And so they, they clam up, they keep their cards close to their chest, and they don't say another word. And so you see on the message boards, questions will come up. And the people that have written the books that know the answers that are members say exactly nothing to answer that. And I understand it. And I also don't blame them. It's just we needed to come up with a different set of interests to provide the answers. And that's what the GFP Institute is, where it is about sharing. It's not about clamming up and, and keeping what knowledge you can to yourself. Yeah. Well, with what I heard of, you know, 30 million plus potentially 10 million, I mean, this is a marketplace where there should be sharing. There doesn't need to be this tight lip competition. So, and a great place for somebody that's looking for a niche. And now they don't have to reinvent the wheel, it sounds like, because of GFP. So to wrap up this section of our, our discussion, Ashley, how does somebody find you and Matt and GFP? Yep, absolutely. And that would be GFP, like global financial planning dot institute. So gfp.institute and yes, dot institute is in fact one of those web suffixes. So gfp.institute, they'll go there, see that we have three trimesters per year. Love it. Thanks for that, Ashley, and for sharing the secrets with us. You're welcome. It's fantastic to talk with you, Alana. You are a talented interviewer. We'll have to cut that part out, Chris. Yeah, I was like, damn, why did I say that? No. Yeah. <laughs> For more episodes, visit our website at theamericancollege.edu slash podcasts. This has been Next Gen in 10, brought to you by the American College of Financial Services.